All right. Welcome back to More Than Running. This week, I'm sticking to my promise. If you've been a listener of this podcast for a long time, you know that I've tried to do topic-based episodes, have not followed through, but we're doing it. And we're doing it with Jasmine Todd, who is the newest member of the Sidious Mag squad. So welcome, Jasmine. Thank you. I'm super excited and super excited to be a part of Sidious and can't wait to see what projects we come up with while while being with the team. Yeah, I think that um, for those listening, this we got starting with a topic of women in sports media, but we're really just going to be chatting about kind of our unique experiences in and around the sport as um, women who have, you know, competed at the D1 level, the national level and kind of, you know, managing a lot of things while in and around the sport. So I just think it's uh hopefully will be, you guys will learn something and this will be fun for everyone. Hopefully. I hope I can give some type of fun advice or like share a fun experience along so that everyone can enjoy it. <laughs> for sure. So the place I wanted to start with this is I'm sure my, my listeners know, but I went to Dartmouth college, which is a D1 school, but definitely did not have D1 resources where you were on the other side of the country at Oregon, where you definitely had D1 resources. <laughs> so uh, I would love to just like kind of kick things off talking about, you know, what the media support looks like and kind of, you know, were you building a social media brand at the time when you were at school? Like, what did that, what did that look like for you at Oregon? And I think Oregon's super fascinating to a lot of people. So that's where I wanted to start. It's honestly, it's still fascinating to me because I came in that generation of where Instagram had just started being mm-hmm. a thing and social media and marketing yourself on social media was just coming around. And so we had, plenty of media training when it comes to interviews. But at the time, while at Oregon and social media to the coaches, it was a distraction at the time. It was, you know, why are you focusing on social media? Who cares about followers and people liking your posts? Like, we don't care about that. You're taking pictures in your uniform. We don't want to see that on the internet. Like you're just, Mm -hmm. you know, and so at that point, it was a very, very different time. And I would get working now and I always give Coach Johnson and Curtis stuff and mess about how now they're so highly influenced by media and they they actually understand that this is part of making not only Oregon's brand, but these athletes' brands for their future. And mm-hmm. so I think it's kind of cool to watch. Like they're getting amazing um, video footage. Like, where was my edit? And where was stuff. my edit? I'm over here like, can I go back in time, but have this experience? Because why? Yes. No. So here's a funny story. I started the Dartmouth track and field Instagram account myself. Did you really? Yes. (laughs) I personally started it with another member of the team because I I was just like, this is a good recruiting tool. Like we'll get people to see the school. We'll share what we need to do. So if I, when you scroll back, uh, hopefully they deleted everything at this point. <laughs> I'm going to scroll back. But if you scroll back on there, it's pictures that my friend and I took. And oh that God. was our account. I don't think Oregon probably would have done something like that. But we were like, we want this. Like the athletes wanted it first. That is so funny. Like, yeah, it was definitely athletes first at that time, too. It was the athletes wanted to have social media. They wanted to be involved in coaches for definitely not on board at that time was 
no focus on track and school this is a distraction stop mm-hmm. it and I remember actually getting in trouble um it was me Hannah and Deja for posting right before we went to a meet <laughs> and they oh. were like, go delete the pictures now and we're just like why just in uniforms <laughs> the- doesn't now the Oregon uniform account have like more followers than like most athletes? I feel like the, there's like a uniform account I've seen that just goes yes. absolutely insane on social media that people they, eat it up. They love it because they get to see the Jordans that Oregon's going to get, the the Nike shoes, the million uniforms that they get. It's just, it's insane. <laughs> Okay. I can tell when I stopped doing it myself, but it was, uh, let's just all say this is pre 2016. We are dating. We're dating ourselves here. So I, I, what year did you graduate? Um, 2016. Okay. So we're, we're the same age. It's funny, you know, other sides of the country, very different schools, but very same experience. Um, I think my school was more of, I don't even know what you're doing. So I don't care. So just don't make us look bad. Uh, but now it, I think it's really like inspiring to see the schools like per, I mean, obviously with name image likeness, which that's a whole nother topic for another time. But, you know, I think it's really inspiring seeing like them wanting to help the individual athlete. Down to the bottom, by the way. <laughs> you went down. I see the photos now. <laughs> oh yeah. They've got like X pro two filter on them. They're bad. That is so amazing. I'm a, so sorry. You guys, but like, this is a picture of Abby <laughs> Cooper with a dog balloon. What's that one? I, oh, yeah. That's. <laughs> she, uh, she, let's just be honest. She is an Olympian now. So, you know, this is good content. This is great content. She should go repost this on her page and bring this back because I um, love it. absolutely not so okay (laughs) we can go down this for a really long time it's too funny but so how did how did you kind of think about like building your own brand at that time like you knew you wanted to go pro I'm assuming did you have a like kind of an inclination that you were going to have to you know be self-promotional to a certain extent or were you did you have that kind of forward-looking thinking in a way because for me, like I started to go pretty hard on my own social media. I didn't know what I was doing with it. I just genuinely liked doing it, but it became a thing that I was like, man, I wish I went harder. I should have done more. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I definitely wish that I had done more, like looking and seeing some of the girls. Now, I think one of the ones that I absolutely enjoy watching is Lexi because she's doing such a phenomenal job of marketing herself. While What's her last name? Lexi Ellis. Okay. And, and especially now since they have the NIL, so they're like so far ahead of the game and she's doing Mm -hmm. such an amazing job at that time. It was more of, I think Oregon also did a really good job of marketing their athletes as well. And so I didn't necessarily have to do too much, Mm -hmm. but after graduating, I definitely wish that I had did more while in college instead of having to kind of like catch up after and figure it all out then. Mm -hmm. But also at the same time, it was still so new to us that we 
weren't necessarily sure how to market. Is this going to work? How do we promote this ad without getting in trouble at the same time? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I, so I ended up like after school, I ended up going straight to working because it was one of the things like I, I got all American, but I wasn't at the level to like go pro and get a contract by any means at that time. But it was still something that like, I always had an inkling that it was important. You know, I was in an inkling that was like important. And I've talked about this a fair amount of this podcast that during the pandemics, when I really like hunkered down when I was running full time being like, you got to make something like this. You got to tell your story. You got to be your own person. And I think like that barrier is like really hard for a lot of athletes to overcome, even in the pro level, like in talking to your friends, what are kind of some of the things, the reasons why like they don't share their story that you see? Yeah, I think a lot of the times we kind of get scared of that story because to us, we're like, well, someone has it worse. There's someone out there that's struggling worse than I am. But a lot of the times once they find, or that persona, because you're supposed to be this professional athlete, you're supposed to be perceived as a certain way. You're not supposed to be struggling. And a lot of people don't always care about that, but I think more recently as athletes started coming out about their stories and how it's not all just the glitz and glamour of it, um, we're starting to realize people actually really, truly enjoy hearing these stories. And like you said, you started sharing your story. And that was one of the things that I did. I was very scared to share my story. And even to this day, sometimes I, I sit back and I'm just like, ooh, should I be putting all of my business out there? But Mm -hmm. I think in that process, at the same time, it teaches other athletes, either sometimes they're older than you, sometimes they're your age, but a lot of those younger athletes that, you know, struggles do happen and they're not alone. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's been one of the things where I'm like, oh, you can connect. I see like um, Jasmine Blocker. She recently was posting on Instagram about how she was depressed. And so she actually chose to do a temporary hospitalization Mm -hmm. to help with her depression. And that was something that like went near and dear to my heart because I also go through depression as well. And so for me, I go see my therapist every week. And when I miss a week, I start having anxiety attacks. And this is stuff that now, especially, I think also a lot of people didn't really talk about mental health in the in sports in general, really, um, because it's supposed to be all oh, you're fine. Like, what? why do you have anything to worry about? You're supposed to be on this elite level and you're just getting everything handed to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um And so now just being able to openly tell those stories and just finding that comfort of, you know, this, there's someone out there that's going to connect with my story. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important. And I think athletes need to, which is also why I started my podcast, which was crazy faith, because to me, I'm like, I want to hear those stories and other people want to hear those stories. A lot of athletes go through all these struggles that you don't even know about. There's athletes that are out there that are actually extremely depressed. There's some that are homeless right now and we don't know about it. And I think it's important for people to learn and understand the struggles and the the hard times of an athlete and not just the, the awards medals, and the glory. The great yeah, the glory of it. Mm-hmm. You also got to see the gruesome side. So yeah. 
stories yeah. are great. I love it. <laughs> no, I a hundred percent felt the same way too. And, you know, I, so I can be to the Olympic trials. It didn't go very well for me. And I was in a pretty bad place. And honestly, it's not what you want to talk about. You don't want to complain. You don't want to share about it. And you know, it will help you like in the long term. you know, you'll have a better connection with people, but it's really, really hard. So like to be in that place where you're feeling so low and also telling people you're feeling so low, like I do have a, I have a lot of respect for people that do that. I still think it's something that I struggle with, um, but it's also something that I'd like to see you know, other platforms like assist people, you know, like podcasts, things like that, but also like bringing it to mainstream media, you know, yeah, more of those stories. Like we, we're, we're the fringe media, like yeah. mainstream. Let's, let's mainstream. <laughs> I'm like, I want to see this mainstream. I feel like there's just so many platforms that focus, especially on, um, the, those major athletes too. Like you, you kind of hear those same names over and over and all of the accomplishments that they have, but a lot of those athletes are also going through these dark times. And I think specifically for me was 2021, technically where Sydney McLaughlin had actually shared a video of her. That was after Olympic trials, before she even went to the Olympics, where she was actually crying in the car because of her feeling like she didn't do enough after she broke a world record. And that was because of how her outside peers kind of came for it, where it was like, well, you could do better. Like it was great job, but, and there's always that, but at the end of an accomplishment for an athlete, you got a PB, but you can always do something better. And so it kind of takes that joy away from athletes where they're not fully getting able to they're not fully able to enjoy and embrace that moment because we're always thinking about the next competition the next thing and it and it dwells on athletes a lot it really dwells on them and so I think bringing that attention um to athletes where we are learning those backstories of them is gonna bring more fans too because people are gonna be able to relate more Mm -hmm. I kind of want to dig into the Sydney video a little bit so and I kind of forgot, I forgot about this, but it was, I mean, I think it's, you, you kind of do forget because she did get the gold medal and she did, you know, break the world record. Yeah. So she posted the video kind of, you know, very candidly in the car. And I feel like Sydney in particular, you know, wise beyond her years, exceptionally accomplished, but she, it was like a really off thing for her to post. Cause she's normally like yeah. very, very you know, put together, organized, all these things kind of shifting into the mainstream media. Are, how did you like perceive that? Were you kind of stunned to see something like that from your world? Or, I mean, cause I remember when I was seeing, I was like, is this actually, she actually doing this? Did she mean to do this? Is this an accident? Like I actually thought like, this is an accident. For me, I was heartbroken. Um, to hear a story like that, especially because like you said, normally when you see Sydney, she's very well put together. She's smiling that when she first came on the scene, she was such a jokester. When she first came on the scene, she, she showed a personality. She was doing juggling competitions and just she was doing a kid, a totally kid. Yeah. So, and she's still so young. And so to kind of see that video be able to also relate to that video and 
to understand that feeling where it's like you, you did something so amazing and you didn't get to enjoy that because of others around you. And it wasn't even like yourself. And then the others are like, no, that was great. Like, we're so proud of you. Just keep it going. That, that little, but at the end, after you do those accomplishments, it, it was so heartbreaking to see. And to me, it just showed more that other side of her that people do want to see, not just the, oh, she's out here getting medals. Like I'm also a person as well. And I think a lot of people kind of tend to forget mm-hmm. that when they're not in this world, like we're also people, we have feelings, we go through stuff, not everything's great. And I think for someone of her, um, what is the word? Caliber. Her status. Yeah. Yeah. Her her caliber to be able to, to post that video and be okay with it and scared. Cause I know she had to be scared and nervous about the feedback and the reaction of other. Well, there was swift feedback too, of people being like, who are you talking about? Why do why do you think people support you? You have everything. You make good money. You're like beautiful, like all this stuff. It's like it's almost like she wasn't allowed to have any feelings. Yeah, and I feel like that's very similar to all very you know accomplished like women in sport. You know, you're seeing it from Naomi Osaka, you're seeing it from Michaela yeah. Schifrin in the Olympics, and I feel like it's been a very interesting pattern for me to witness as you know. Um, Obviously, I'd like to be that level of athlete, but they're yeah. kind of on their own platform. But it's it's been fascinating to see like everyone is, it feels like everyone's breaking just like a little bit, you know, because we're put these at like women on a pedestal and expect them to be perfect. Like, I don't know if you watched any of the Winter Olympics with Michaela Schifrin. She's a no, skier and she's, you know, pretty much like greatest of all time skier. She's like Tom Brady for skiing, right? Oh, my and goodness. she kind of, you know, some people would, like she did not have a good Olympic games. She skied out of her main event, which means she didn't basically DNF to her main event oh and medal God. or anything. And it was the first Olympics that she went to um, after, you know, she went to Olympus previously, but her father had passed away in the meantime. And I think it was just, she was processing those emotions in real time. And I was so uncomfortable with them, like interviewing her after each event. I was like, give this, give her space. Like, don't talk yeah. to her right now. She doesn't need this. Like, let her talk on her own time. It was crazy. Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. That's one thing that I kind of, I understand that interviewers want to get the story and they, they want to hear from the athlete. But I also think there's a time and a place. And sometimes when you can see it, you should just let that athlete kind of go, get themselves together and maybe even be like, hey, is there a better time that we can have an interview and talk about it? Like, mm-hmm. We can always come back. You can always revisit interviews. It doesn't necessarily have to be at that very moment. And although I haven't gone to the Olympics, I can imagine that feeling of I didn't accomplish what I came here to accomplish. I've also got other stuff outside of my sport affecting my life. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I want is to have people in my face asking me more questions about my performance and what happened here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been so interesting. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. The other, the other thing I've been noticing it as well is that obviously like there's so many conversations and like this podcast in particular, it's like, we want to elevate women's sport. We want to do this. We want to do that. But breaking in the door to be, you know, an interviewer at 
you know, the world level, world athletics actually came out with something recently. Michelle Samet, who has been on this pod before, I'm, I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up because I don't want to butcher this stat because this one is too important. So she pulled this up. She works on world athletics, um, like social media, all the cool stuff that they want on TikTok, um, oh all the athletes storytelling. Where is she? Um, it's a graphic. It's important. But basically, it's like showcasing the lack of number of like female interviewers that go to like the Olympics and world championships. And you've been in that mix zone. What is, you, yeah. know, you finish your race, you walk through the mix zone. What does it feel like when you're walking through like a tunnel of men with microphones in your face? I'm going to pull this up while I hear this. It is literally just, it's a lot. <laughs> There's so many people that are there. They're pulling you aside. Hey, Jasmine, can you do an interview? Hey, can you do this interview? Can you stop? Can you stop? Or you have that one spot, the one person they able to get your attention, let's interview. And they're all just around you. And it is a lot of men. Um, and literally as you were talking about it, I was like, it's gotta be about the lack of women in interviewing because oh, I got it. there really isn't. Okay. She did oh, it by, this, like, okay. This one's more for written press and this is the media representation at the world championships. Um, and I'm going to read her caption. She said, just do what it says on the shirt. And her shirt says, invest in women, pay women, hire women. And she goes, all this week, we've been celebrating World Athletics Women's Week, highlighting women across areas of sport on World Athletics channels. And fast forwarding on this, she's like, how do we expect young girls and women to have a role in models of sport if we can't, if finding them in the sports pages requires a magnifying glass? And I think this is more about, um, you know, how much women have been like written about um, and like imagery, or I want to confirm that. Oh, these are about the positions. Okay. So in Portland, 2016, written press, 85% of the written press was male and 15% was women. And yeah, it's kind of similar. London, Birmingham, Doha. And then for photographers, somehow it's oh even worse. God. I'm like, I, I rarely see a female photographer out on the field. Rarely. Yeah, in Doha, 89% of the photographers were male and 11% were female. What? Yep. Yep. So crazy. Where is the representation? That's that's what's wild because it's not like there isn't female mm -hmm. interviewers or female in media in general. There's plenty of female photographers. I know plenty. <laughs> like, yeah so i just i wonder how that is happening like where is the disconnect of allowing women it would be different if it's like they're not applying to get there or that that would be a different story for me but if you're picking them or you know just so happening that you're just picking all these men and not realizing it maybe even subconsciously yeah. This is I think there's a lot of like younger women. So I am like optimistic about the change, but getting past that, like young, eager person to like a full-time career. Yeah. You know, it's kind of one of those things like my school, this is crazy. My university wasn't co-ed until the late seventies. Really? Which is insane. And because of that, there's not a lot of, you know, female alumni in very high positions. Now there are more, or we more and more and more. 
Yeah. It's kind of like when it's similar here. It's like there's a lot of younger women involved, ourselves included, but uh, yep. it's like <laughs> to be a full-blown career and to have the access and the media credentials and the, the network opportunities to get in there, there's clearly a barrier. And on my, this is my inkling here is that someone, people who are in it have to say, Hey, I know you're not completely qualified for this job, but I'm going to show you the way. And that's what I feel like is missing. It's like, if there's young people interviewing for these things and they're not fully qualified, how are they supposed to be qualified if they don't have opportunities? Gotta teach them. I think that that's actually very important. I'm glad that you did say that because at some point, and I think that's even some jobs in general, like now they're expecting you to have 10 years of experience coming out of college, but how do you have 10 years of experience trying to apply for this job? I know that's too real. It's insane. And I'm just like, you got to allow people to have these opportunities. And when you teach them, then they'll be qualified. And it's like, great. And now we've taught you the way that we want you to do it too. That's like positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't want this the whole thing to be super negative, but it's just wild. And like, this is what goes through my mind every day. And it's just nice to talk to someone who like thinks the same way. Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm, I'm really hoping, I think that our generation is changing a lot. And so Hopefully in the near future, we're going to see a lot more women in media mm-hmm. because it, I think it's very much needed What? <laughs> and not just aesthetics of the eye either, like mm-hmm. actually give us opportunity. Yeah. I hope you've been enjoying this new format of episode. And if you're willing to try something new, try out Whoop. Whoop is a fitness tracker that I've been using for over six months now, and it's really changed the way that I view recovery and sleep in my training and allows me to intuitively listen to my body. Um, I think it's something that could really benefit someone who is looking to make that 1% change in really their lifestyle and behaviors and see how the performance benefits from it. If you want want to try out Whoop, you can use code Dana or go to whoop.com backslash more than running for a discount on your first sign up. One question I have for you is, um, you know, as an athlete of color and, you know, since um, June of 2020 and like the death of George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd, kind of moving on from there, obviously, you know, diversity, um, education and kind of representation has become never more important. It's always been important, but, um, how do you see that kind of translating over to the media side of, you know, true representation of, um, diverse athletes across the board? And have you seen like true change in the past year? And like, does it make you optimistic? Um, I think one of the things that I can say is it's a slow change. And I think it's more at this point, it's a really big learning phase for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, cause even we sat down when they came when, uh, the Olympic, the international Olympic committee had came out and said, you know, you can't do any type of protest on the stand at the Olympics. Don't hold your fist up or any of that. Mm-hmm. When we sat down with the USOPC and every athlete of color had to explain that it's not us saying that we don't like our country. It's not people of color saying, you know, it's us against you guys. 
that is a symbol of us saying we're American and we're also black and we're proud to be here as a black African American. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think during that learning phase, and, and that was like an aha moment for Sarah, where she was like, I didn't understand this. And Who so is Sarah? being a so she is, I want to say the C- Hirsch. 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 Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm butchering that. Sorry. <laughs> but I want to say she she's the new CEO or president of the USTOPC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I get her emails. Having, <laughs> me too, of course. <laughs> and so us having that conversation and being able to teach her, that right there was a good moment because she also was able to back us up where she was saying, you know, we won't punish you guys mm-hmm. because usually it goes down to your national governing body. They get to decide how they reprimand you. And mm-hmm. so for her, it was, you won't be reprimanded for it. And I think so learning that little bit of change, we still have a long way to go when it comes to stuff. Um, when it comes to like people of color in sport, especially being a woman of color in sport. Um, but I think that change was a necessary change and I can't wait to see, and hopefully we progress, um, Mm -hmm. over the years. Yeah. I I'm definitely excited to, you know, have a world championship in the U S um, you know, I think having all that, you know, having world championship in Doha just felt so backwards because of all, you know, the restrictions, you know, and like TQ, like just across oh, the board. Yeah. So like, I'm just genuinely excited to see um, and hopefully have like the U S media show up and really like tell, tell the stories of, of athletes and really um, in a way that's like not tokenizing, but a way that's like truly genuine because yeah. That's that's something I've been seeing recently that I'm like, okay, let's uh let's dig a little deeper here and not just check a box. Yes, literally, like don't don't check boxes. Let's dig deep. Let's really learn about these athletes. We're in our home country, and what better time than now to start learning about these athletes, digging deeper, understanding why they are the way they are, how they um, got into track and what, why is that their presence that they choose on the track? Because everyone actually really gets to choose how they're perceived on that track, whether they realize mm. it or not. And a lot of the times it is just from your upbringing and how you got there. Like, that's why you have those silly, goofy people that are out there that have a great time. And then you have those people that are very like straightforward. Mm-hmm. I'm here for business. I've tried to be, so I've tried to be both. <laughs> I've like experimented. I'm like, okay. Serious Dana. Serious Dana doesn't run very well. I have to be like the smiling person on the line. Just having a good time. She runs a lot better. Serious Dana. Not <laughs> That's so how I am. I've literally learned like I'm more serious when I'm sprinting and when mm-hmm. I'm long jumping, I'm just fun, having a great time. But when I'm on that track about to run the hundred, I'm very relaxed, but I'm also very serious. And that's when a lot of people are like, you look mean on the track. And I'm like, I don't try to, I'm sorry. I'm just focused. You're like, that's the RBF. <laughs> that's what I was working on. Yeah. I'm sorry. RBF out here. I'm like, but if you see me in the back warming up, I'm joking. I'm laughing with all the girls. It's not until I get to the blocks where I'm like, all right, thousand, we're ready. <laughs> You know, I, I would say it's like, you know, the hundreds are very technical. You don't have, a, you don't have any room for error. You got to 
you can't be smiling and joking. You're like, oh, wait, my hands have to go here and I have to count the number of steps before I put my head up. This is how I, as my distance runner mind sees what the hundred is. It's like, they have to make sure that they're like stunning nails and the right exact right spot. Cause that's my favorite shot. That's my favorite shot that they do with the women in the hundred when their nails are yes. my favorite. <laughs> right on the line. <laughs> you're, you're like, you're totally nerding yourself out here. But in the 5K, you have a lot more time to think. <laughs> you really you do. do have a lot more time to think. Like the hundred is so quick and it's like you said, so technical that you you really have to be talented and focused when you get there. And so that's why you don't see a lot of people out there having those fun personalities until right after they're done competing. Mm. I think it's very, very few that you can see that enjoy that moment. And Noah Lyles is one of them before Mm -hmm. actually getting in the blocks and going off. And also Devin Allen, Devin always has a good time before. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, track and field. Everyone's different. (laughs) We truly are a little melting pot of random people. brought We really are so random. Like, Honestly, I think sometimes when I think of the group of friends that I have, and I'm just like, sometimes I wonder when we're walking down a street, what's the people like think? if we're at a factory, what are people thinking? Because it's we're all so different, <laughs> even though we have a great time together. I thought that on my last team too, because one of my teammates um was like, like six six <laughs> and like a lanky six six. Um, he is incredible. But I was like, we have a six six person. We have me who's like five, almost five nine, and then I had a teammate who was like five two. And oh I was my like, gosh, what do people think this is? And then like, throw our, what is happening? And then here? throw our coach into the mix. Like, what do people think this is? Okay, like, what's going on? There's so much going on. <laughs> All right, we could chat forever, but I think I'm going to end it on a high note, and I think we're both going to do. A rosebud thorn, if you've ever done that, on what we're, yeah, okay. So the rose is something you're like happy about, bud is something you're like neutral, and thorn is something you're like boo. So, like, good, neutral, great. Um, the topic is media. This can be social media, it can be regular media, but like women's media, what gets you excited? What are you neutral on? And what are you out on? Ooh, I like this. So it's such a corny business thing, the rosebud thorn, but I'm like, I'm bringing it back. But I like it. I really like it. I think that right now, like my absolute rose that is shining is Sidious Mag because they are so new to this and they are doing an amazing job of covering the sport Mm -hmm. in different aspects and now getting into the different type of events and not just distance and interviewing these people and getting these cool videos of all the different events and so for me that that is what I'm very very happy Ooh. about I not low track out there so <laughs> and then- uh, no I'm going my rose I'm going my rose I'm gonna steal the same thing oh, okay. okay I'm going rose same thing we're just hyping ourselves up here but I'm actually very genuinely excited for a lot of stuff yeah. that's in the pipeline um, for, you know, pushing ourselves and telling different stories and, you know, going across the aisle, distance and yeah. sprints, distance and jumps. Like I've done, I did a preview for World Indoor and I was like, you got a lot of work to do. And I think that's a cool place to be of, you know, yeah. 
let's be stewards of the sport and move it forward. So that's my rose as well. I'm loving it. <laughs> yes. Thor. Oh, we're, okay. We'll go negative and then we'll go neutral. Okay. Thor negative. Negative. The negative side of it. It's going to be good. <laughs> because I kind of mentioned something, but I, I kind of really just dislike when it gets too negative in our sport in the media. Mm-hmm. There's a blame game. There's a, yes, yes. I, I don't like it. Um, I think that although drama is, always very interesting within our sport sometimes when it gets reported in media and it just turns into this really messy situation um it's it's hard on athletes and especially if it comes from big platforms because now you've got these big platforms with a lot of followers and the followers have this and i'm just like athletes look at this stuff whether they want to admit it or not some people are just better at hiding that they're not looking at it and some it it hurts them Mm -hmm. a lot and so i think that's kind of the accessibility i guess would be the word Mm -hmm. with media yeah yeah (laughs) it leaves you a little sour taste for sure uh what is my I've been trying to, you know, not be super negative recently. I think, you know, my negative at the moment, and it's not purely a negative, but I'm just like genuinely concerned about, you know, I really am just like praying and hoping for the safety of our athletes at the World Indoor Championship in Serbia being so close to Ukraine. And that's just really bumming me out. And it makes me really nervous from afar and maybe I shouldn't be, but I'm just like sending them good energy because that is kind of throwing me for a loop a little bit. And I hope everyone's safe and doing okay. Yes. That honestly, we've talked about that too, down at the training center a little bit. And so I, I really am hoping that everybody is okay. I hope they just ignore that territory and allow the athletes to do what they came do compete get out and then whatever you guys have going on you guys go back to whatever it is like don't involve the athletes in this um so yeah their safety is definitely i'm i'm hoping that everyone comes back safe and untouched and can go do what they want to like, like what they're meant to do out there yeah for sure all right we're gonna leave it on something you know you know neutral's a little lame so maybe uh where did positive but kind of what let's do uh, like what's next for you like what's the next thing on jasmine's docket ah the next thing um definitely one getting started with me starting to do stuff in Sidious mag so mm-hmm. super excited we're hoping that we can start doing some instagram lives via the Sidious mag page with some jumpers and sprinters and bringing them on and just being able to talk about their experience i'm hoping that after worlds we can get some people on and they can talk about their world indoor experience it's because i'm really excited to hear what it's like for them we also have a lot of people where it's their first senior team that they've made and so to hear those experiences because it's an exciting feeling no matter what team it is when you make that senior team mm-hmm. um so I'm, I'm really excited about that that's that's what i'm excited about that's what's next oh i love that so much well my, what i'm excited for is just doing more of this style of conversation chit-chatting about you know women in sports sport uh, bringing interesting guests on kind of 
you know, just having a fun time, making this feel like a women's radio sports talk show in a way. That's the energy I'm going for. So I hope you guys liked this episode. Um, If you want to give more than running a boost, give us a rating, give us a review, follow the Instagram. And thank you so much, Jasmine, for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to More Than Running. I hope you guys like this new format. It's something I'll be experimenting with. And keep sending me topics on Twitter and Instagram about things you want, just, you know, some women in sport to discuss. This podcast is part of the Sidious Mag Podcast Network and is produced and edited by Mike Zerzolo. Stay tuned for all the Sidious updates for the World Indoor Championship this weekend and beyond.